This is your other brother's podcast. your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. I'm your host, Tom, and I have missed saying those words so much. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining. This is your other brother's podcast, and we're back after a months-long hiatus, much longer than I anticipated. We're going to get to all the reasons why in a second. Um, Right off the bat, this is like, sounds pretty new, doesn't it? Brand new show, brand new theme. There's a whole lot of new things coming. A lot of old things coming, too. Speaking of some old things, from the City of Oaks, it's our other brother, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, everyone. And also speaking of old things, from the City of Forts, it's our other brother, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hey, guys. Jacob and Ryan, it's good to see you guys again. I've missed you guys. You too, Tom. It feels like it has been months upon months, even though it has only been a month, but it is really good to see each of your beautiful faces and hear your voices. Yeah, Jacob, I saw pictures of your uh, bald cut, but I got to say yes. in, uh, in in moving real uh, video, <laughs> it's a sharp look. You got it oh, going thanks. on. It's very, I was, thank you. Thank you. I was, I was a bit concerned about where you were heading there. Of like, yeah, I, I saw pictures, but now that I've seen it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I haven't seen sure it in real that. life yet. So That's true. That's we'll, true. We'll reserve right. that. This is, this is judgment. just uh, baby steps. Well, y'all, life. this is real life now. We only exist digitally. That's the only way we <laughs> can exist in this culture and in this world now, because that is just the way things are in this era of coronavirus. Spoiler alert for everyone listening to this in true the facts. future. <laughs> we're still there. <laughs> you would think a month's long hiatus would have gotten us out of it, but mm. nope. Here we are. Um, yeah, right off the bat, so it's been a few months since we recorded our last episode. Um, we sound new, we sound fresh. Big, huge shout out to one of our supporters for composing this new music for us. Um, it's one of the many things that are just new and different as we as we enter in this new season of the show and even your other brothers at large, our community. And like I said, we're going to talk more about that as this show progresses. We're talking about gratitude today. And... The reason we're talking about gratitude is because our last episode, which, okay, I I need to get a little, um, I think I've ranted about this in the past. I have this rant against podcasts that call, call their episode or put their episodes into so-called seasons, even though there's like no difference between season two, episode seven and season three, episode four. Like it's just, they're still doing the same thing. They just took a break. That's all. Um, it's not like a serialized, you know, series of episodes that like tells a story and then you, you take a break and then you start another story and then tell that's whatever. But I guess with what I'm trying to say is this was our second break. We did this like with your other brother's podcast. We did a string of episodes, took a nice break, then did another long string of episodes and just now took a break. So technically this could be considered our season three premiere if you're just judging on dates. But anyway, 
I right, like if it. If you're going to look at our season two finale, we talked about the coronavirus here in America was just starting. And Jacob, you, I've told you this one-on-one, but you said something in that episode to the effect of like, yeah, I don't know in the future, like people could listen to our episode from March, 2020 and be like, oh man, like they, they had no idea what was coming, the, the things that were to come. And at the time I kind of did laugh it off and was like, yeah, that's funny, but it's like, well, we'll get it under control <laughs> in three or four weeks tops. And now here we are recording in July of 2020. And dare I say, things are worse. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for those foreboding. Thanks for that foreboding premonition, yeah. Mr. Baranowski. I really, yeah, here we are now on in the future. Well, I don't want to be the one who, who's always bringing up, you know, bad omens, but uh, this, like, I hate to, I hate to say it again, but this could also be the the same kind of thing that we are here in no, stop, July. Stop it. No, what? Because yeah, then like people will listen. It, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like man, July. I'm like had no idea what was coming. Come exactly. December. Exactly. Come. Oh gosh. But anyway, what I wanted to get year, at. <laughs> this is the year we finally learned to stop saying it couldn't get worse. <laughs> it could always get worse, folks. Yeah, what I wanted to say was we talked about, we, we, we did focus on fear. That was our last episode. Um, as we talked about fear as coronavirus was starting to spread and just like talking about our lives as well, fear, fear in our lives beyond the virus. But we wanted to like start off this new season or this new, this new kickstart of episodes, um, I guess thinking a little more optimistically despite all of the doom and gloom that seems to be pervading the atmosphere right now. Uh, so we're going to talk about gratitude and we're going to talk about I mean, it's been a few months. This will be an awesome time to catch up with each other and also catch up our listening audience on um, how the last few months have been, because it's been hard on all of us. Like we could certainly, I don't think we'd have any problem talking for an hour, hour and a half about what's been hard again for the last few months. But, um, but I think this is an awesome opportunity to look at the brighter side, not in a sugar-coated way, because we certainly do not sugarcoat here at your other brothers. But um, it is important to, I've, I've, gratitude for me personally has been such a key word and theme of the last few months, um, especially as I get to share a bit of my experience from the last couple of months personally beyond coronavirus, like gratitude has been such an important element of my existence. And so I'm excited to, uh, yeah, excited to talk about those, those stories today in this episode. So Tom, speaking of realizing that it could always get worse, how have your past few months been? <laughs> Funny that you asked because dear listeners, they have gotten worse. And, you know, I've told this story so many times now in so many different contexts from, you know, I have a personal blog, I have a personal newsletter beyond Yob, and then obviously all the just social media, digital connections that I have, um, that I've been sharing my story the last couple of months, but I recognize there are absolutely people listening who have no idea, who have never heard anything, or, or maybe they've heard bits and pieces and haven't put it all together. So, um, so yeah, I figured this would be obviously the right time to share what I've been experiencing the last couple of months, because it has been a whirlwind, definitely the the most physically tumultuous time of my life. Um, and I even mentioned on a couple, there, there might've been, I forget, but there might've been a couple, um, I, we, I did all these short form podcasts after our last uh, Yobcast. And I'll talk about that in the announcements later in this episode, but, but this ConvoCast, there were a few episodes um, if not the bulk of them where I was experiencing allergy symptoms and I either mentioned it on the show or, or with the person I was talking to one-on-one 
before before the recording just to mention like hey i'm kind of experiencing these allergy symptoms so i'm drinking lots of water and sometimes my voice gives out because my, my throat's kind of scratchy and and so that was happening during that whole that whole stretch um post that fear yabcast episode and i get spring allergies fairly commonly every year we have um lots of beautiful trees and flowers here in the southeastern United States and pollen just gets everywhere. All the cars turn yellow for like a few weeks because there's just pollen everywhere. And I've been taking lots of neighborhood walks to keep myself mentally sane during this time of pandemics and shut-ins and nothing's open and there's nowhere to go. So so I would spend hours outside walking around and and for weeks I just kind of chalked up these allergies feeling worse than usual to just all that extra exposure outside. Um, but then, you know, one week's one week turns to two, turns to three. And all of a sudden I start experiencing joint pain that just starts, starts in my feet. And then all of a sudden just starts rotating all around my body, moves to my knees, moves to my elbows, moves to my hips, um, wrists and fingers eventually. So, um, so that was odd. I was like, what's, what's going on there? Have I, have I, I did, uh, the last CrossFit workout I ever did, spoiler alert, we're going to get to that too. The last CrossFit workout I ever did was called death by burpee. And so I did these, like, I don't even know, like, 100 burpees or something it was it was it was a crazy workout and i thought for sure that i just overdid it i tweaked something what did i do stopped working out for a couple weeks kept my my joints kept kind of like getting better but then getting worse again and moving all over my body and so it was very strange just trying to figure out what was going on there um and my first significant breaking point was when one night i think this was about three maybe three and a half weeks into this my right leg just completely locked into place. My knee swelled. I couldn't move my knee, couldn't turn left or right. Um, trying to go to bed that night was a chore <laughs> to say the least, because I couldn't even, I just couldn't find any relief. Any position I was in, it just hurt so much. And so, um, so I went to urgent care, got looked at all my vitals were great, fine, amazing, so healthy. Um, and I was just recommended to, to up the dosage on the allergy meds. I was kind of sporadic with it wasn't really consistent with it and so um so i had this like whole new regimen that he he told me to try out for two weeks and and two weeks came and went and wasn't feeling any better um the joint pain kind of kept coming and going my leg would get better but then a couple weeks later my opposite leg froze up and and i would have to like it was so sad because i would like have to stagger to the shower because I would have this like hot water coming down and that would, that would ease the inflammation. Or I would lay like out on the floor in my living room with a giant bag of Sam's frozen berries and just like put that on my knee because I needed relief in some way. And I was just like really struggling, really struggling to sleep at night some nights. Uh, eventually reached a point where my parents came and rescued me because they thought, and, and potentially I thought too, that something in my apartment was affecting me. I had all these... Um, like, I don't know, I was just thinking like maybe there's mold or fungus or something's in the air, something's in the walls or the ceiling that has finally gotten to me after, you know, seven, eight months of living here. Um, but went to my parents' house and actually started getting worse, was not getting better at all. Um, I had had congestion this whole time. Suddenly the congestion was turning to sinus pain. It hurt to breathe through my nose. So that's fun. So it's like, it's like, after a month, month and a half, this thing, whatever this thing is, has been like creeping into my body. It's been super slow and just like nothing serious, nothing serious, but occasional like red flags with the knee pain or now with the sinus pain. And um, I don't know. It's just like, at what point do you do you make the judgment call that this is serious and that you should get it looked at? Um, and so I had some friends recommend that I get some blood work done. 
that that would be more of an indicator versus whatever a doctor could look at externally that the blood would tell a, a better story. And so got some blood work done. There was a three day delay to get those results back. And those three days were some of the longest of my life because I feel like up until that point, if whatever was wrong with me was a slow creeping thing in those three days, it kind of felt like every day was twice as worse as the previous day. I'm sure a lot of that was just mentally with having to be patient and waiting and trying to, you know, see what, see what the results say. Um, but by the end of that third day, when I finally got the results back, I was like, literally felt like a zombie. Like all I could do, I, I slept like maybe one or two hours a night. My skin was turning this like ashy yellow color. So I was just like, I mean, I was literally losing the life, <laughs> the life force for my body. I got my blood results back and just like, there were five or six categories. I'm not a medical person, so I'm not going to just rattle off random acronyms and letters, but I know my red blood cell count and my hemoglobin levels were severely low and um, along with some other things. So, um, so yeah, I talked to some, some medically minded folks in my life and, um, and the consensus was pretty clear that I needed to get to a hospital sooner, sooner than later. And um, which is, again, this is so crazy for me because I've lived up until this point, you know, I'm 33 years old. Like I've never been significantly sick. I was sick once as a kid for like a few days, the flu, I guess it was the flu or whatever. Um, but like normally when I get sick, it's like a quick day. I'm over it. I'm better again. Um, you know, I've never broken a bone, never spent a time, any time in the hospital whatsoever. So all of this just kind of came completely out of nowhere. My body just failing me. And for some unknown reason, what is going on? Um, and I spent, wound up going to the ER with my, you know, I had this like bum knee at the time. So I could like hardly walk and my dad would have to help me into the hospital and they wheeled me into the, the to the emergency room and started hooking wires into my arms like again things I've never experienced before I was like hooked to that machine what you see in all the tv shows and the movies with the little lines and the little numbers and and if I moved around too much it started beeping because my blood pressure was going too high so it was just like all new life experience for me just sitting there in the silence of that emergency room and I wound up spending a week in that hospital as doctors did tests, drew my blood, sent things in jars to other hospitals farther away um, to figure out what was wrong with me. And I got a blood transfusion and I got antibiotics in my system and um, was, to best, was to bested for tuberculosis, tested for tuberculosis of all the things because what the doctors found was that I was bleeding out of my lung. I had this cavity in my lung and that's where I was losing all of this blood. And um, eventually came back negative for tuberculosis, which meant that the likely diagnosis was that, um, which a lot of friends had been telling me this for weeks. So I wasn't totally surprised by it, but it meant the likely scenario was that I have an autoimmune disease. That's why it's a common, common symptom of joint pain and sinus infection and everything I was experiencing. It seemed to match up with a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of Googling that I'd done. You know, I try not to get too deep into that WebMD black hole, but um, it seemed like an autoimmune disease was was a likely scenario and it just mattered. It just, uh, the doctors just had to see what was in my blood to determine that. And so when all my thorough blood tests came back, that is exactly what um, the hospital doctor said. And then since I've come back to Asheville, I've seen several specialists and everyone who's seen the results has agreed that this is what it is. And so, um, so I suffer with something called granulomatosis with polyangitis, abbreviated GPA. It affects only three out of 100,000 people. Which, as an Enneagram 4, there is something inside of me, I will be honest, that's like, wow, I'm so special. Only whatever, mm -hmm. it's like 0. 0.00003% of humanity is, 
deals with this. And so super rare. Um, it's a super rare form of vasculitis, which basically just means my, my immune system attacks blood vessels and we have blood vessels all over our body basically. And so, um, so it can attack anywhere it wants to, but it, for whatever reason, GPA likes to attack the sinuses. It likes to attack the lungs. It likes to attack joints and it likes to attack the kidneys. And a fun story, guys, <laughs> I've already told you, but to our fun listening audience. So having spent 33 years never going to a hospital, I found out while in the hospital after they did a CAT scan of my midsection that I was born with only one kidney. And I had no idea. My parents had no idea. They, my mom, I think, still refuses to believe it. Um, but that was a fun slash haunting story because if I have a disease that attacks the kidneys and I only have one, then that's a little scary because now I need to be extremely, um, dutiful and watchful and, um, maybe have a little more, yeah, a little more care for kidney health than the average person. So, so that's just another fun comedic part of the story as if getting an autoimmune disease during the worst pandemic of our lifetimes wasn't comedic enough. It's it kind of just mm -hmm. goes par for the course, basically. One uh, tiny question to interject: um, How does one take special care of their own kidney that they possess? <laughs> what are are there actually things that you can change in your lifestyle to like take great care of your? I mean, one the and main only? thing I asked my doctor this, and the main thing is just staying super hydrated. So drinking lots of water—that's okay. the best thing for kidney health. And you can. You can Google other things like foods, certain foods that are good for you, like beans or nuts or whatever. But so I'm not going to like, it's not a huge adjustment, but I did invest in a giant water bottle. I already tried to be super hydrated in my life anyway, but I was like, nope, I'm going to get a gigantic water bottle and fill it to the top and then just make it my goal every day. I drink the whole thing. And that way I don't have to think about how many glasses of water have I had today? I forget. Like now I'm just like carrying around this bulky water bottle with me, but now I know I'm just going to drink that every single day for my own mental peace of mind, knowing that that's like the bare minimum of liquid I should have in my body at all throughout the day. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was just, <laughs> my dad threw his hands in the air and was just like incredulous that the doctor would say that because yeah, he had no, I guess in 1987, they didn't scan babies for that or they didn't scan at my hospital because the running joke in my family now is maybe does my brother have two, two kidneys? Maybe he has zero kidneys. I don't know. Parents didn't check that apparently. So, um, through this whole process though, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a journey. I've, after I got out of the hospital, I felt worlds better. I knew that, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt, I felt worlds better after eight hours of getting the transfusion and getting antibiotics and just like being able to sleep again, because again, I was so sleep deprived and anemic, lethargic from head to toe. Um, and my soul was weary too, because I, this had been nearly two months of just like, what is going on with me? And Surely it's not serious. Surely it's not serious. And of course, if I could do it all over again and start from the beginning with, it literally started with a runny nose and that's how GPA often is triggered in people. You just start getting a runny nose or maybe the occasional bloody nose or maybe a headache here and there, but it starts off slow and then it just all of a sudden rams India. And, um, you know, if I could do it all over again and see help sooner, I would, but I'm glad it seems like from, from what I can tell, it seems like I caught it sooner than later. Um, certainly before it got to my kidney, my one singular kidney, which is a, a huge blessing. And that's something I'm grateful for, for talking about gratitude today. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be a journey. It's like, uh, for the first time in my life, I'm seeing doctors on the reg. Like I would go three to five years in between doctor visits because I didn't 
I felt fine. Why would I go? <laughs> Why would I go to a doctor? And um, and now I'm seeing a doctor. It feels like every week now, um, seeing some specialists and figuring out a treatment plan. And and nothing has nothing's been set in stone yet as of this recording. But I'm hopeful that in the weeks to come that I'll start on a remission treatment um, because the uh, yeah just to to let everybody know I I still have the disease. I'm out of the hospital. I'm taking some medication to kind of keep me keep me stable and moving. My joints feel fine, but I still have this cavity in my lung that needs to be taken care of. And I still have, um, yeah, the disease doing what it would do if I didn't have medica- temporary medication just kind of holding it back. So um, so in the weeks to come, I hope to begin re- remission treatment. Um, and that could be a months long process, three to six months, maybe longer, maybe shorter. I don't know. Depends on how my body responds. But, but then once, hopefully, that's the hope is that this, this autoimmune disease goes into remission, then it's even beyond that, it's a years long process of keeping it there um, or squashing it as my rheumatologist eloquently put it. So, um, so the goal for the next two, three, five years then is to continue to take medication that, that squashes the disease. And, and hopefully for the most part, like all the stories I've read and, and, and what doctors have told me, like I can still live a fairly normal life. It's just something it's something that's always going to be in the back of my mind. Like, okay, relapse is always possible. There's no cure for this disease. So it could always come back someday. And, um, but if I'm meeting with doctors regularly and, um, just kind of, yeah, watching, watching my diet, my body a little closer, more closely then then hopefully there's nothing to like be significantly worried about. But, um, but yeah, it's been a whirlwind and, uh, that's why Yab is, Yab kind of went dark for a while, not like haunting dark, but just like World, like uh, what are those things that blow across Wild West scenes? What are those things called? Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Too. Yeah, there are lots of tumbleweeds and cobwebs on uh, on the Yab website these last few weeks as of this recording. Um, which at the beginning I felt kind of I, I felt bad. I'll just be honest because I take I take my role as the the site editor and the podcast host seriously. We have people supporting us on Patreon and. And like, I, I felt like I was letting people down that we weren't like creating content anymore, basically for, I don't know, like solid, at least a solid month at a time of, and, and beyond that too, on Patreon, we have all these Skype nights and Zoom rooms and Facebook lives, all these community, digital community events. And all of those were just put on hold because literally my, my life's motto for like three weeks was just stay alive. Like literally just keep my legs elevated and drink lots of water and pray that today's the day that something gets better. And, and then ultimately it wouldn't until I actually went to the hospital. But, um, but yeah, I felt, I felt bad, but then I also, you know, you have to learn to show yourself grace too. Like literally I'm not going to come on the podcast <laughs> from the hospital bed. <laughs> that could have been a fun episode though. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I had lots of good support within our community to just like take care of myself and then, um, and yeah, like I said, I'm not hundred percent better by any means, but I'm, I see the road, I see the light to recovery and, um, and I'm eager. I've been so eager the last few weeks to get this podcast back and, and to get to talk to you guys again and to just engage with our audience and, and just get back into our regular flow because this is one of the, one of the favorite things that I do with Yab is, is doing this podcast and I've missed it greatly. And so, um, so that's kind of a, that's, I probably talked longer than I wanted to, but that is the snapshot of my life. I know some people knew parts of that. Some people didn't know any of that. And so, um, that is essentially where I'm at currently. Um, Ryan and Jacob, do you have any just like questions as if you had never heard that story before or, or any encouragement for me? 
<laughs> which I will also well, gladly I guess take. The, sure. I think the the first thought that came to mind is that while no one wants to be diagnosed with anything, I would have to imagine that that it does that it did feel kind of good when you were actually able to identify what this thing is because i know for a while for a long time you had no idea like what was happening and so i would think that there would have to be some kind of um like some kind of positive-ish feeling to actually like have um someone say to you a doctor say to you hey like this is exactly what it is it it has a name and like this is what we're gonna do about it yeah for sure i mean that's i'm glad you brought that up because that is absolutely when when i tabulate my list of things i'm grateful for over the last couple of months and even specifically with with my gpa diagnosis it's that i was able to get a diagnosis fairly quickly because there are people with crazier complications and And sometimes they're like, they're older. So they've got a lot more going on physically where they have a lot of things interfering. And so for me, it was really clear cut what I was, what I was dealing with. And my blood results were super clear and I had no past history of smoking or drinking or, or heavy drinking or something that would throw off the results or put it into question. Like it was very, it was confirmed, like it was very clear with the hospital doctors. And then also with, with my specialists, they were like, yep, that's, that's totally what it is. And I didn't have to get a biopsy, which a lot of people do to kind of confirm that and, Um, so I'm really grateful for the quick diagnosis just to have that, yeah, that sense of direction, like, okay, I know what it is now. And obviously none of this is ideal. None of this would have been a story that I would have (laughs) written out for myself. Um, but for what it is, I'm so grateful to have, yeah, just to, to have the quick diagnosis, to have a clear path direction for treatment. We'll see obviously how that goes as I embark down that road. But, uh, but from what I can tell, it looks like, um, there's just a lot of promise. There's a lot of good, um, I live in a small town, but it's also a very, like one of the big industries here is the hospital system. And so there's just like all kinds of doctors and I don't have to travel like three hours away to, to find, to get to these appointments or anything. Like it's right in my backyard. And so there's, um, there's a lot to be grateful for. Definitely. So Tom, what is the, uh, online GPA community like (laughs) the online GPA community? So here's the thing, you guys, this crazy disease with a crazy name, granulomatosis with polyangitis. It used to be called Wegener's because that's the guy who discovered it. But here's the thing about Mr. Wegener. He had <laughs> Nazi associations. And so the medical community mm. eventually decided we don't want that. We don't want to call this that. So so now they call it GPA, which is, again, hilarious, darkly humorous, because those were three of my favorite letters in high school and college. And now they are <laughs> like the worst three letters in the world. I hate them. Nerd. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, the GPA community, there is a surprisingly, I was like looking on Facebook because I just was like, I need resources. I just need to find people. I haven't connected with anyone personally yet because they're, it seems like an odd bunch from what I can tell. A lot of like, face, <laughs> a lot of Facebook moms. That's that's the vibe I'm getting put out there. Um, but there are a surprising number of um, GPA Facebook groups and some forums on the internet. And so I've just been like, Honestly, again, reading their stories and their perspectives, again, I'm just so grateful because there are people who have like, like their noses have collapsed because it like went after their sinuses. So they would need like nose surgery and, and obviously the kidney thing, like people on dialysis and just, there's all kinds of horror stories out there for this disease, for those that are further along, either in age or 
or yeah, maybe their their medical histories prior to this weren't so good or as my, compared to mine anyway. So, um, so there's a lot of drastic stories out there. When I look at mine, I'm like, like that's not to sugarcoat my story because I felt like death for I wasn't on death's doorstep, but I would say I was on death's like winding stone garden path or something. I don't know. Like I was I was starting to lose physical physical energy and mental capacity. So um so it could it could always be worse, right? That's the theme of uh the times that we're in. But um <laughs> but yeah it's a it's an eclectic bunch. They call themselves some people call them wedgies and I'm not Ooh, I don't no. like it. I I'm I refuse sorry. to be nope. a wedgie. Nope. Um also while I would um never want to make light of this disease, I will say though, just as a word of warning to everyone, one hundred percent of the people that I know that have GPA also do CrossFit. So I'm just gonna I'm, I'm not saying that means anything, yeah. but I well, just want to put that sad, out there for our listeners. The that... sad tragedy of it all, Jacob, is that I no longer do CrossFit. And actually the CrossFit gym that I was affiliated with dropped their CrossFit affiliation because apparently Mr. CrossFit said some some dicey things about race and people so so that was already a thing that even before i got <laughs> sick that um that i wasn't a crossfit member anymore i was just a part of a gym now um but obviously through this process i've, I've ceased my membership and i'm still trying to figure out what a solid fitness plan mm-hmm. works out i started doing push-ups the other day you guys and about nearly i say died but i can't say that now i can't say about nearly died mm-hmm. i i about collapsed on the ground because my lungs they didn't feel like they were going to explode but i definitely was like oh man this is like a new sensation going up and down and pushing and breathing and and so we're gonna we're gonna ease back into some sort of physical regimen but but hey i was at least able to do 20 push-ups that's something nice yeah um so to tie a bow on this (laughs) fun story we're really uplifted i i'm so glad i can uplift everyone with my medical ailments of the last couple months but um I just want to say thank you to everybody because I've heard from so many people through this process, a lot of our listeners, a lot of our yobbers and supporters that um, have just been so loving and so caring to reach out to me and and support me. And and I just appreciate, again, all the patience as as I am such a creature of habit and and I am committed to to this responsibility of, of, uh, of editing, being the editor of this community, the host of this podcast and putting out regular content and and just like constantly reminding people that they're not alone and that they this is a place to struggle safely and, and to tell real stories. And so, um, so I've hated being out of commission for the last month or so. And, um, and yeah, I just, we has it's, I guess in the back of my mind, I had a, a super dramatic paranoid fear that like two weeks without content would go by. And all of a sudden our Patreon would collapse. People would be like, oh, out of here. What's mm-hmm. going on? He's not doing his job, <laughs> but um, I appreciate all the grace and all of the, the love for me during this time. Mm-hmm. And um I just want to put it out there because I know knowing our community so well, and they've already done this several times already, but, but people are asking me, what can I do? What can I do to help? Do you need anything? What can I, how can I assist you right now? Um, and so I'm just going to mention it one time and one time only. Um, but Ryan, you actually, along with Marshall, one of our, our uh, other authors, and he comes on the podcast every once in a while, y'all set up a GoFundMe for me when I was in the hospital and, um, and the response has just blown me away. I'm just super grateful for people who I know this is a financially tumultuous time for so many people right now with this with this virus and layoffs and fur- furloughs and unemployment, crazy numbers here in America anyway, probably around the world too. But um, but yeah, if, if you're able to give, I appreciate it. It's it's definitely needed, and um, that's just a, that's one tangible way. But honestly, beyond that, um, 
a way that you can support is just pray. Pray for me. Pray for my health. Pray for remission. That's the hopefully going to be the theme of the rest of my 2020 is remission because it would be awesome if I could kick off 2021 with uh, with this disease. No longer, not necessarily no longer plaguing me like I explained earlier, but but for this the significant most significant hurdle of this process to be eclipsed by January would be awesome. So um, and I'll be you know updating as the podcast goes and as my writings and if you follow me on social media, like I am trying to keep everybody updated as much as possible as I learn things. And, um, cause I know people care and, and want to know. So, um, so yeah, just pray for me. I appreciate it. Thank you for, for listening to this show and just supporting Yab. It's been, it's just been a really, it's been a really, uh, humbling process just to hear from so many and to feel the love literally around the world. It's not an exaggeration. I've heard from people all over the world and I'm so, uh, touched and, I'm just excited to get back back to work. <laughs> I've been so restless. I've been so bored, you guys. I've been losing my mind. And so I'm glad to, <laughs> glad to get this thing back on the road again. Um, so like I said, this is the, the Technically Untechnical Season 3 premiere. And moving forward, just as we were doing before the break, um, the Yobcast is back twice a month, roughly every other Friday. I say roughly because every, every once in a while, there's, there's pesky months that have five Fridays, and it really just throws off everything. So... Um, so there might go, there might be two weeks in between episodes instead of one, but, or three instead of two, I would, I would say. Um, but that's the plan moving forward is to get back into this bi-monthly rhythm. Um, and I'm excited to, hopefully Jacob and Ryan are excited too. And some of our other guys who have appeared on the show, they'll be, they'll be making the rounds as well as we continue on with this wonderful year that is 2020. Um, something I'm putting out there, I mentioned the Patreon, um, our Patreon, again, such a faithful community. 185 strong at this point, 185 guys and gals for that matter, all over the world, um, supporting your other brothers on a monthly basis. And um, I got such a, a great response from doing the Convo cast, which was our short form one-on-one podcast, a little experiment, a little break, a little break in the action just to kind of switch things up um, to tinker with a shorter, yeah, shorter bite-sized episodes. If you just wanted to take a walk around the neighborhood and listen to an episode, you could do it. Or if you wanted to drive to the grocery store and back and listen to an episode, you could do it. So, um, so it was a little adventure that I went on. We did about 20, at least 20 or so, 22 episodes of the Convo cast. And Jacob and Ryan, you came on a couple times and we got to meet some of our other authors for the first time. So it was a really fun, um, just new experiment to, to talk to some of the guys new and old in our community. Um, and I thought it'd be fun moving forward because people have been wondering and asking, is, is the Convo cast staying around? Is it gonna, is it just done? Was it a one-time thing? And I would like to see it happen. And I think a fun way to make it happen is to set a goal on Patreon. We used to do these goals on Patreon where if we hit if we hit a certain number, if we hit a benchmark, that um, that we would do something new, add something new to our community and the content that we create. And so moving forward at this point, if you go to patreon.com slash your other bros, you'll see that our next goal is hitting 200 patrons. We are roughly 15 away from that mark. And so when we get 15 more patrons, you guys, we will do regular convo casts, and I haven't decided what that's going to look like. Whether it's it'll, it'll be at least once a month, but I think it's probably doable to do twice a month because they're really easy to produce, fun conversations. Um, and I like the idea of like every basically every Friday a new episode. So either the long form podcast, which is what you're listening to now, or the short form, 20, 30 minutes of a, of a one on one conversation with me and someone in our community. So um, so that's the goal. If you've not join Patreon. If you're looking for an excuse or a reason to do so, you could be one of the 15 people that puts us over the top 
into a brand new era of the podcast and the stories that we share. So um, if you're interested in learning more, go to patreon.com slash your other bros. All the information's there. Um, and hopefully sooner than later, we'll kick off a new season of the ComboCast. It was called the Corona ComboCast during the coronavirus stretch that we are not in anymore, right? You guys, we're not, we, we figured that out. We did everything we were supposed yeah, to talk do. Talk about a brand that didn't stick, man. <laughs> so for all I know, we'll come back in the fall with the Corona ConvoCast part two, but um, but no, hopefully hopefully we'll drop the Corona and it'll just be the Yab ConvoCast, which is just, yeah, one-on-one conversations. So um, so that's the big announcement. And obviously when you, when you sign up on Patreon um, for $5 a month, we do all the stuff that doesn't make it on the episode, all the silliness, and sometimes a lot of good content too. Um, goes on to our Yabalog show, which is roughly our monthly episode where we just have a lot of awesome bonus content. Um, stuff that didn't make it into the episode for one reason or another. Um, <laughs> and you can check out the Patreon tiers I mentioned earlier in the show. We have a really great time with, um, with our Zoom rooms, which are community group calls that we do twice a month. And... Um, we were doing those weekly during the coronavirus because everything's shutting down and community options were limited. And, and so we were having some really awesome conversations, 14, 15, 16 guys sometimes showing up to these Zoom rooms. So it's a really awesome opportunity for some digital community. I know there's a lot of people starving for that in general, if not right now, when churches are still not meeting and things are still up in the air as far as what, what does community look like right now? What, is, what do gatherings look like? So, um, so if you're curious about checking that out, that's, that's an option out there if you're, if you're interested at all. And then one last announcement before we get to our Apple Podcast review, um, we had we've had this phone number for a while now, this Yob number, which some people use. There, it occasionally gets used. Some people call the number, but I think up until now it hasn't necessarily been super clear what it's for. And moving forward, because it's a brand new season and because it's a brand new era of the show, this is something that I would really love to capitalize on and see people get excited about. Y'all can't see, but I'm like smiling right now. I'm excited about this segment. If you call our Yob number, I would love to hear your voice on the show. Basically, you can respond to anything that you heard on the last episode, answer some of our questions, or, t- or share a story that something that we said reminded you of. And then on the subsequent episode, I would love to play back just like a snippet of your story. And if you don't mind putting your voice out there, you can introduce yourself with your first name. You don't have to. You can just like be totally anonymous. But um, I think it'd be awesome because we get so many listens from all over the world it'd be awesome to hear from people like physically tangibly hear from people um on those episodes so if you're interested i'll, I'll share more at the end of this episode but our, our yob number is 706-389-8009 i guess the country code is what one is it just always one for america yep. okay we are number one so for our croatian number one for our croatian listeners because i know we have them in croatia it's one put that in front um yeah just call a number you have a couple minutes max to leave us a message and uh it'd be awesome to just like throw in some voices, some listener voices in these episodes because it'd be cool to engage with our community more. We already get lots of emails on the reg. And if still, if you want to reach out privately, that's always fine too, podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. Um, but if you don't mind putting your voice out there physically, publicly, I think it'd be awesome to hear from more people. So um, I'll explain a little bit more about that at the end of this episode. But man, have you all missed hearing Apple podcast reviews? <laughs> mm. Every day. A, yes, I have. Do we have any? We do. We actually picked up one, one Apple podcast review during our hiatus. So that was, I was expecting zero, truthfully. So when I checked the other day and saw that someone else had added their words and their rating to the mix, a five-star rating, might I add, I was very, mm-hmm. very pleased. So big shout out to Jenkin J. Jenkin J left us this review. He titles it Hope in the Darkness. 
And he said, these episodes are about real men seeking Jesus. Yes, there is fun along the way. Yes, there are deep matters of the heart. There are victories and setbacks, as well as Queer Eye and CrossFit. But as they share their lives here on this podcast, there is evidence of real hope. There is hope to finish strong in our journey of life, and these men point to Jesus as that hope. Fun to listen and great to be reminded of hope for the journey. So that made me smile. Wow. Queer Eye and Thank CrossFit, you, really, that says, that's like 80% of our content, I feel. Mm. <laughs> Actually, we haven't, least. we haven't talked about Queer Eye in a while, but we might need to talk about that in our next episode for those that partake. I might need to bring on some of my other brothers. <laughs> I feel like that was such a well-rounded review, like well-crafted. Mm. Like it could yeah. be on the back of the book. That mm. is our yeah. podcast. Ooh, y'all, when are we going to write a podcast book? Never. <laughs> I wish I knew a writer. If only someone could like edit it and compile it and put it. Yeah. Together. Which, which one of us has actually published a book? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I've published two, so I don't know who you're talking about. But uh, that's, that's right. Anyway, thank you, Jenkins J. If you want to leave us an Apple Podcast review, we would really appreciate it. We're well over a hundred now. It's like super awesome to keep hearing from people who get something from our show. That just makes my day so if you feel so inclined Amen. give us five stars talk about queer eye and crossfit or whatever else we talk about and uh yeah it help, helps the show grow even more um and before we get to gratitude of course we need to be grateful for our sponsor of this episode thank you to cursive printed wall art you are so encouraging <laughs> homie you say the words like blessed and home sweet home <laughs> And you live and you laugh and you love with us. So mm. we are so grateful. You just totally have transformed this era of fear and and insecurity and stress and what is going on in the world. And you just put us at ease. So thank you. Thank you, Cursive Wall Art. How else would I know that two spoiled rotten dogs live here? Mm. Right. Or that you do love or you do love cooking with wine and sometimes you put it in the food how else would i know <laughs> or or how else would we know what we do in this house in this house we mm. we what do yep. we do we we cry and we we laugh and we yep i don't know live live and love yeah and exactly how else would i know what the fruits of the spirit are if it were, if it wasn't yes, uh, plastered on most one. people's homes it's a big one i have i have often wished that i would see it like Hobby Lobby, some some wall art written in the most beautiful cursive, but have it say anger, envy, <laughs> uh, pride, <laughs> wrath, lust, in like those just like super lust, super yeah. elegant. Mm -hmm. So that when you first see it, you don't actually see it, but then you do. That would be see, great. Back in the day, you guys, we used to have listeners who would hear us joke about stuff like that. And then a week later, I would check our P.O. box. And there in the mail would be a big person of <laughs> lust. <laughs> so I'm just putting it out there into the universe. So, if you want to send so me a sorry, big Tom. curse of lust, it has to exist. <laughs> that thing has to exist out there. But I... it, can't, it, can't just, it can't just be be lust. It, it, has, it has to you be all the of set. the... You want the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins. Okay. Also, oh, I did, I'll take a um... giant curse of lust. So okay. Send it my way. Or that. Or that. Yeah. Well, my... Uh, my sister does do some really beautiful handlettering work, so could I could I could ask for me? ask her. I don't think she would, but I can always <laughs> ask and see. What an interesting request that would be. Yeah. Mm. Um. So that's yeah. That's our sponsor. Thank you guys for sponsoring our show. 
I don't know why I called them you guys or who I'm talking to. But anyway, here we are <laughs> talking about gratitude. Y'all, I've done a lot of talking and I'll certainly, you know, chime in with my thoughts. But I want to hear Jacob and Ryan share as well. Um, when you guys look at the last few months as we talk about gratitude, obviously there's so much that's been hard and been difficult and crazy and unforeseen. But um, I'm choosing to believe there have been some highlights in your last couple of months, that there have been some silver linings. And and I want to hear them and I'm sure our listeners want to hear them as well. So as this coronavirus has, you know, hit us out of nowhere, none of us had ever, ever experienced anything like this. And this was all new and foreign. And we were told to wait a couple of weeks and then maybe a couple of weeks would be a month or two. And now it's been like four months and we, you know, here in America, cases are exploding again. And so it's just like, where is the end? Is there an end in sight? We don't know. We don't know what the road looks like. But um, but in the midst of this just like crazy, tumultuous, weird, bizarre season, um, what are some things that you're grateful for? And what are some highlights of, of this time? I'm curious. Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing that I'm thankful for, which might seem might seem simple but it actually isn't it's just the the fact that i have continued to have a job and to have an income um working in the computer software uh, world typically means that um like working from from home isn't isn't a big issue and just like the ability to continue to work on projects and have that be relatively unaffected by all of this like that's that is that's huge because like i know for my brother, who's an artist and and who does a lot of big uh, uh, chalk pieces that are intended for like large audiences and large uh, gatherings, those those simply can't like couldn't happen and even even now can't happen in um, in a lot of ways. So like he was um, out of work basically for a while, and that's just like that's that's something that I haven't had to really think about of like what it would mean if I didn't, if, if, if I lost my job. And so that's, that is, that's huge. And I think that's been one of the biggest reasons of how like I've been relatively untouched by this pandemic in a, in a personal way. Like there have um, for sure been things that have been more like inconveniences, but I think being able to continue working and, have an income has been huge. Um, I would say then the other thing that's actually um, has been made possible because of COVID that I've been thankful for is that, um, so uh, Taylor, who we got a chance to to interview on this uh, podcast last uh, summer, um, because of because of all of his uh, cl- uh, classes for school were, were moved online, um, he was able to come live with, with me for about three months and so if it wasn't for this uh pandemic that wouldn't have happened and so that was a really cool opportunity to get to yeah just to become um better friends and to have a roommate once again for for a bit did you have like a hand washing basin at the entry so like and a hazmat suit chamber before yes, you came in yes and out. i um because that's a big I rigged adjustment up some yeah yeah i uh, rigged up a uh sprinkler so that as soon as you entered the home you were instantly covered in uh purell um from head to toe and so <laughs> yes it just worked out nicely. Yeah. can't be too yeah too safe nope yeah not, not that's awesome that's awesome that you got to have that little season with uh with a roommate and then yeah to have your job and man there have been some heartbreaking stories of people losing work mm-hmm. and just 
record unemployment claims here in our country. It's been it's been a wild wild season. I am also thankful for uh, for the blessing of a job where I can easily work from home and they're keeping me on board. Um, and so I'm incredibly blessed for that. Also thankful for my house, just a nice place to uh, to exist during during this time. You know, staying at home is a lot easier when when you like your home. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, I've been working on this like kind of hobby programming project on the side. And so that's been really fulfilling, and I've enjoyed that a lot more than uh, a lot more than I kind of expected when I started. Um, you know, I'd never, I haven't seen myself as a huge like hobby programmer person. Like programming is something that I I do for work, and then I leave at work, and then I go home, and I just have better things to do. Um, and preach, yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, and certainly that's not a bad way to be. Um, it's totally fine. I think in my field, there's this sort of stigma on just letting your work be work. Like everyone wants, everyone wants to hire the employee who is just so passionate about programming that they do it like on the weekends and at night and in the morning. And, um, and yeah, no, that's not, you don't have to be that way to be good at a programming job. But I will say that having that to work on has been really satisfying and feeling like I'm kind of like building something cool and neat that I like um, and I'm learning new things has been a great way to kind of fill, fill the extra time that I've discovered in my schedule. Speaking of that, the other thing I'm really thankful for is, um, is just the emptier schedule. I think before COVID, I felt very... I just felt spread so thin. Like I just felt pulled in so many different directions by all these different like social commitments and volunteer commitments and um, events I wanted to go to and participate in and things I wanted to to do. Um, and I just felt very trapped in that. Like a lot of things that I wasn't, I was very weary of, but wasn't quite willing to say no to. And so I think, uh, coronavirus came in and uh, <laughs> in some ways rescued me from that situation that I had gotten myself into. Yay, um, coronavirus! So, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I prayed for. I prayed that God would uh, would fix my schedule, and uh, and I caused the pandemic. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, it was so, all yeah. You. Makes sense. No worries. No worries. No, I said yay coronavirus in our Facebook group the other day because someone someone said something to the effect of like, yeah, I eventually was like, I'd heard of God for a while and needed an excuse to to join the community, and this coronavirus really kind of pushed me to do that. And so, <laughs> so I, I sardonically said yay coronavirus. But granted, you can join Yab anytime if you want to join Yab. But. Um, but that's awesome. Jacob, have you had any like new hobbies, speaking of hobbies and just extra time and more time spent at home, anything that you've dabbled into? Not really anything. Just incredible. Yeah. Piece. We talked sure, about sure, that sure. on a <laughs> oh, combo cast, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that like there are, there are for sure hobbies that have been sort of heightened, like cooking that I've been able to do more but when it comes to actually like be beginning anything new oh actually here is a thing that is um that is new that is 
incredibly nerdy and what a what a way what a space to confess such a nerdy thing um so my uh brother and sister-in-law and uh taylor who i just mentioned we have we started uh, almost a month and a half ago doing a dungeons and dragons campaign in which i am dming which I never ever thought Incredible. that I would do, and here I am, Damn. and I really like it. I am what is called the dungeon master. Tom, oh, if you right. please, please, you know. <laughs> I grew up in a Christian be home. Be better. I don't know what you're talking. It's true. About. Yes. No. 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 That is that is fair. This would. <laughs> You've alienated three fourths of our audience. But continue. Yeah. No. 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 This. Uh, this uh, game of magic and uh, paganism would not have been allowed in our home, but now that we are. <laughs> adults we were able to do all the things that we were never allowed to do and so that has actually been um a lot of fun and um we've been uh doing it uh via zoom and and so yeah it's been it's been zoom pretty great rescue. exactly if there's one thing if there's one company out there that's grateful for coronavirus truly it's got to be zoom zoom i can't imagine mm. what numbers they're they're pulling in right now how do they 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 make money because of just people purchasing the the accounts that like let you do longer time limits? Is that is that how? Yeah, they and then there's like conference. There's different plans, and so it depends on whatever okay. your company or organization needs. Yeah, they have a whole like conferencing product where you can put on like large scale conferences online, which I'm sure that's been doing well. But we don't want to we don't want to like promote Zoom too much because we have to respect our actual sponsor, Cursive Wall Art. So. Yes. Um, no, so it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, hilarious. If you grew up in an uber Christian conservative household, <laughs> you might have heard that it was the occult or satanic. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what I heard. But um, my only real reference for it is like I've seen it. There was an episode Community did, which was really funny. Yes. There's really nothing satanic about it. It was just like this fantasy. It's just, it looks, it comes across as just really nerdy. And maybe I think it would be fun to try. <laughs> But um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a for my for me personally. I don't know if there's like a long life for that. But I think it would be. Mm -hmm. I'm all about life experience, so that could be a fun. Uh, a new Patreon to goal. Go on sometime. Exactly. <laughs> what I uh, what I have learned learned though, having having done some like research into the D and D world in in an attempt to become a better DM. Like I've I've watched videos on on YouTube. Like I've like read things that culture that like is that is a part of that uh, world i truly cannot stand and so there's a i feel a lot of tension mm -hmm. of like i'm i'm enjoying this and i'm having fun but i really don't want to be like a part of it like for real <laughs> like oh you might need to cut so, that cord yeah. at some point but write we'll it out see. for now yeah write it out for, for now. now be the best dungeon master you can be sounds like the opposite of crossfit <laughs> um, absolutely yeah, going back to what you Ryan, you said, Ryan, a little while ago, just the, the concept of having a home, like that's something that I definitely wanted to close with as far as what we're talking about. When we look at the last couple of months and things that we're grateful for, like there's really nothing like having an awesome home, like having a place to come to that is restful, peaceful, um, comforting. You know, the, the, the concept of shelter, like I've lived 20 different places over my lifetime in different apartments and 
and living with my family and living with seven guys at a time and four guys at a time and one side of the country, one side of the other. So I have all this diverse, different types of places that I've lived, including my own vehicle, living out of my car for a year at a time. Um, and I think I've mentioned on the show at least a few times that where I live currently is my favorite place I've ever lived. It's just, I like, I enjoy coming home. It's, it brings me delight. It brings me joy. Um, and for that to, for me to be in this specific physical place during this specific time in our history right now, um, I'm just really glad because if, if I was where I was a year ago, living in the middle of the boondocks with no Wi-Fi and just kind of in this little cramped studio apartment, like it would have been a whole nother story. And so, um, so I've just definitely been counting my blessings as far as my home life, where I live, the city I live, um, the church that I'm starting to plug into, a big shout out to my pastor and just going through all these medical issues and having the support of a pastor and church that's praying for me. Like that's huge right now for sure. Um, and just kind of, as I mentioned in my, my medical description, the fact that, that I was able to get a quick diagnosis and caught it as early as I did and have a treatment plan kind of laid out a few, a few weeks, a few months ahead of me, like to, to see, to start to, to connect, to, to start to see myself connecting some dots and getting to a place of, of greater health. Like I'm grateful for, um, I'm grateful for so much. I'm grateful that for this episode, I'm standing up. I always love standing up on a podcast. If you'd have told me a month ago that I'd be standing up for a podcast, I would have fainted from the mere thought of it, like literally, because I was so lethargic and I couldn't stand up for more than a few seconds at a time. So um, yeah, it was crazy. Like taking a shower was, I would have to like, I would take a two minute shower and then I would need to lie down for like 30 minutes to recuperate because of all the movement that was required just by doing that. So um, so there's a lot that I'm grateful for physically. And then just, um, yeah, with all the, all the hierarchies of needs, having shelter, having food, having a, a beautiful place to live, having great friends and family, um, just like list goes on. So it's hard, it's hard stuff, but, um, it's helpful. It's helpful to look at the things that we do have in our lives, despite the things that have either been taken away from us or significantly altered right now. Um, well, I wanted to zoom out a little bit on this topic of gratitude. Uh, thanks, y'all, by the way, for sharing just for the last couple of months. Like, it's been a slower pace. I, I, it's kind of maddening, but I also have learned to appreciate more more intentionality, more rest in my life as well. So I would, I would add that to the list. But, uh, but because we're a community, for those that may be listening for the first time, or if you're not, or if you forgot what we're all about, um, our tagline is we're navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. And so real quick, I just kind of wanted to roll through those, those little three topics. Um, and so in the areas of masculinity, the areas of sexuality and the areas of faith, um, when you look at the scope of your life, not just the last few months, but these three-ish decades, um, what are you grateful for? When it comes to your journey with masculinity, let's start there. Um, what are some things that you're grateful for that you've either learned or experienced firsthand? You know, I was thinking about this and... I think the only the only thing that really comes to mind immediately is just that like I I like being a man like I'm thankful that I'm a man and I think there's a way to say that that comes off as yeah I'm I'm very thankful to be making 30% more than you know than a woman doing the equivalent job and I'm thankful that I can you know walk around the city at night and not have to worry about different things that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is of the presidents and i mean there's the list goes right on. yeah yeah no what i'm saying is that like it 
what the the feeling I'm describing is sort of the opposite of gender dysphoria, just like gender contentment, I guess that I'm mm-hmm. um I'm happy with um with uh with the way I am, I guess, and um well, I shouldn't say that I'm happy with um you know I'm happy with the the gender role that um that I've found my way into and um and I'm happy to sort of uh, figure out what it means to follow Jesus as, as a man, someone, um, someone who identifies as a man and is uh, pursuing kind of a righteous, holy masculinity. Yeah, I echo that. Just like the, the sense of gender contentment. And I know there are plenty of people in our community who, who don't have that or, or really struggle with that. Um, so we certainly mm-hmm. see you and hear you. But, um, but I, I feel the same that like I year after year, like, I just feel like I grow more and more content as a man. And I think, I don't know, I don't want to keep bringing up CrossFit. I know Jacob laughs at it, or it's like, it's to the point where he's like, like literally annoyed by it, but something like CrossFit working out, working out in general, running, I've run a couple half marathons. Like when I'm building up my body and I look in the mirror, um, there's just like such a, I've never had greater, a greater sense of body image and self-worth when it comes to just the external, purely external, um, sense of masculinity but even inwardly like to be able to contrast what i saw as a man through middle school and high school my vantage point were the the football players the baseball players um just absolutely horrible bullies everywhere i looked in a christian school no less just that was my sense of masculinity was like oh if you if you were strong if you had muscles and if you were if you talked loudly and and mean to other people like that was that's how you got ahead and that's what being a man was all about and to contrast that with just like meeting um, over the years through this community and elsewhere through churches and other ministries and, and, and Christian jobs that I've been a part of, like just to, to be able to encounter really true men among men who are courageous and, and bold and honest and genuine and sincere and empathetic, like to be able to hopefully glean some of those traits from them and to build those myself. Like that's been, um, that's been a huge part of my sense of masculinity that, that I'm grateful for. It's a, it's a more rounded picture. It's a more authentic picture, more than just like whatever you see as a stereotypical man, whether from your upbringing or from, um, or from movies and, and pop culture, just to, to, uh, yeah, to see vulnerability displayed and to hopefully display it myself. That's been a huge part of my, my masculinity journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was, this, I would say was the hardest one for me to think of something because the the first thing that came to mind was that um, my identity as a man or thinking and um, processing through masculinity isn't really something that I've had to to wrestle with um, and I guess I felt sort of I felt bad in thinking that because it kind of had this tone of like the Pharisee praying loudly, like, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like those weak, those weak men who, you know, wrestle with what it, what it means to be a man. Um, Cause that's, it isn't what I mean at all. Um, Cause I, of course there are, um, there are plenty of people in this uh, community and in this world, um, whether you experience same sex attraction or not to really, really struggle and really wrestle with with this and I see you and 
I love you and I'm in no way better than you, but I am thankful that like, this has not been a big, um, a big area of uh, tension for me. And I think that um, I kind of came to the point where I thought, yeah, no, actually it's, it's okay to be thankful that I don't struggle with that, with everything that exists. Like that's, that can be uh, something to be uh, thankful for and um, doesn't make me any better than anyone else. Cause of course I've got, I've got plenty other stuff I could, I could go on and on, but that just <laughs> happens to be one that hasn't been uh yeah, hasn't been a yeah, for sure. huge issue for me. Yeah. For some reason, when I was thinking about masculinity in particular, I was, the two words that came to mind were sensitivity and adventure, because for me, I've always felt this tension between what a man should be and what a man is. And, and I recognize conceptually that like to be sensitive is not inherently effeminate, you know, like to, that there are masculine men that are sensitive and that are empathetic and that are good listeners, et cetera, et cetera. And, and over the years, like that's something that used to be super, I used to be super insecure about based on the men in my life around me. But, um, you know, over the years, that's kind of a growing badge of honor that I can be so sensitive. Um, but then on the other side, like there's this absolutely inherently masculine desire for adventure and whether that's like hiking, that's just, again, this isn't to say that women can't hike or whatever, but I'm just saying, I find that all my, all these desires for adventure, like, travel and hiking and, and national parks and, and all these like hobbies and interests and inclinations that I have that feel so rooted in my masculinity that spur, um, that sense of masculinity and that gratitude when I partake in those activities, like I am really grateful for that as well. So, um, so I've, I've over the years, it's, you know, gradually been sinking those like seemingly distant things like this, this reckless adventure self. And then also this like more of a cautious or, or, or sensitive, um, self as well, but they're both inherently masculine and, and, um, it's been fun to just like, to process it through blogging, through podcasting, through videos, through content that I put out. And then also just, yeah. And day-to-day conversations with, with friends and loved ones. What about sexuality y'all, what you've experienced and what you've learned and processed and journeyed through this fun area of our lives, sexuality, what are you grateful for? We could, again, we could talk about things that are hard, but we'll save that for another time. What are some things that you're grateful for when you look at your sexuality? Yeah, I'm really thankful that um, because of this experience of being attracted to men, I've been, um, I keep, I keep wanting to use the word uh, forced, but I can't, I would love to, if if you guys think of a a different word that captures this better, please uh, uh, chime in, but it, it, in a way, it has uh, forced me to think more uh, critically about um, what what is what is marriage? Um, what is uh, friendship? What does it mean? Um, uh, what does it mean to to um, to flourish as a, as a, a single person? And I think that if it wasn't for this um, experience. Experience, I think I would kind of go along with the flow of what uh, culture and even like Western Christian culture teaches about these things that I think in many ways miss, miss the mark of their original intentions. And I think that um, because of this, um, because of this experience that I find myself in, I've had to put in a lot of work to think really really critically and to go really deep into uh, topics and uh, theologies that I might not, 
otherwise feel um, feel so inclined to do. Because at the at the end of the day, we in our posi- positions don't really have a choice. Like we 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 kind of have have to like dive deep if if we have any um, if we have hope of um, living lives of uh, meaning and purpose and uh, f- uh, flourishing. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, word. Yeah, I agree. Like just based on my upbringing, like if I didn't have this kind of unusual experience to make me think more critically about a lot of the stuff that was presented to me as a younger person, um, like I'd, I, I, I wouldn't be thinking along the same lines as I am today, which is, um, which is better. Mm. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think for me, it took me a long time to actually be thankful for, uh, for my sexual orientation, for my sexuality. Um, because for so long, I was just thinking of it as the, the thorn in the flesh, you know, that you wish God would take away, but he's not. And so you just kind of have to say, all right, well, you know, your, your strength is perfected in my weakness, whatever that means. Um, and, but I think, and I think that's all that is true. Um, but, you know, I realized that a lot of my sexual orientation uh, has to do with perception of beauty in men. Um, that there is there is beauty in men, that men are created by God and therefore they're beautiful. And the correct response to beauty and creation is wonder and delight. And so um and so men provoke on on this aesthetic level some some wonder and delight in me. Um and and you know like that that can lead to um that can lead to something unhealthy, but it can lead to worship of, of the creator who created them. Um, and I think that's kind of like what it's, what it's meant to do. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like, well, and I feel like this aesthetic experience, this wonder and delight is something that, um, most men don't experience when they see other men. And I think it has a different quality to it than uh, than when straight women uh, look at look at men or think of men, and so it does feel like this sort of like niche experience, like uh, like God has let me in on this cosmic secret of some beauty He's created that's not uh, that He hasn't that He set aside for only certain people to see and experience. Um, and so when I think about it that way, I feel thankful for it um, that, you know, and I, and I think I see, I see this beauty because God created it because he sees that beauty too. And, um, and so I'm thankful to sort of see the world in some, in some way that God does that not everyone gets to. Man, so well said. That's beautiful. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I'm sure Jacob does too, resonates with a lot of that, of just yeah. like being able to put a vocabulary to it of, because I'm sure guys, guys who hang out with guys, straight guys with straight guys, like they, if they enjoy it, obviously there's some level of aesthetic pleasure or like whatever you would, I don't know if the aesthetic is the right word, but, but obviously if they like hanging out, they like hanging out, but 
but how like how much do they think about it? How much do they articulate it? How much do they process it? How much do they ask why? Why do I like hanging out with other men? What's what's that about? Um, and just to be able to have that vantage point of us, you know, a lot of people in our community, not everyone, but a lot of people in our community with just like big hearts and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of time to think about these things. Like um, it's awesome to be able to put words to it and to just like that sense of a cosmic secret. I really like how you phrase that of just being able to appreciate beauty in creation, whether it's with, with men, whether it's in nature, what have you. So, um, so that's a huge one. Yeah. For me, riding along with that is just like some of the most incredible friendships, relationships I would have never found otherwise, like with the internet, with the ability to connect with super niche people, whether it's people who also experience same sex attraction within the Christian faith or, or like in my case, connecting with wedgies on a Facebook group with Facebook moms <laughs> and hearing about their collapsed noses and kidney issues but that's another story of community for another time but uh but just like the way the internet has paved the way to connect with people and how something as super niche as this um a common sexuality a common faith like that has knit together so many people not just within yah but i mean this this side b world is so massive and it's a bizarre little world but uh it's a it's a fun one to be a part of too some really great people and uh it's been a joy Mm -hmm. to for me personally, you know, I've done a lot of traveling and crisscrossed the country and the continent and to be able to connect with so many people um, in their homes and their cities, coffee shops, conferences, um, churches, like there have been just so many amazing networking, friendship building, community, community opportunities that I, you know, would have never had decades ago. And so just to be, to be alive in this time, in this time and to have, you know, the access to to community and people inside and outside of Yab has just been such a blessing directly from my sexuality. And that's something that I can't, can't ever deny as, as hard as it is sometimes to, to fit into a world and into a culture that maybe isn't, isn't as inclined to, to guys in our situation. Like there's been such a, there have been so many blessings to go on top of that. And so, you know, like anything in life, you take the, the good and the bad and you put it all together. But, um, but I'm just grateful leading into this, like, this closing conversation about faith um, in our Jesus journey is like, I'm grateful that, you know, sexuality is a big piece of why I follow Jesus because it's this, this daily recognition. Like, I don't know, I won't speak for you guys. I can't wake up every day and just forget that, oh yeah, I have a male attraction in my life. I have other men that I'm attracted to currently or just in general. Um, that's not something I can just turn off or forget about. But, uh, but right along with that, it's just kind of like this sweet sense that, okay, I'm, not just on my own here. I'm relying on something greater than myself, a higher power. And and I follow the God of the Bible and I follow Jesus. And that's this like constant recognition that I live with in large part due to my sexuality. Not the only reason, certainly, but it's, it's a big part of it. And so, um, so I'm grateful for that daily recognition because I think, and I'm really sad for, for people who, you know, they're Christians and I believe they're genuine believers, but then how much are they sacrificing? How much do they know they're sacrificing? How much do they truly believe they're, they need to give up to follow the God that they claim to follow? Um, and just speaking for myself personally, I feel like I know exactly what I'm giving up and the cost that it is and, and the way my life could go versus the way it is. And, and I'm just grateful to, to have that perspective as I, as I continue into my thirties, as I live out my Jesus year. Yeah. I'd say, um, I, completely agree and i think that being in being in this time and place and in this culture which isn't i mean this isn't really 
unique to um, all of um, human history, but being in a in a time and in a place for sure where um, sex is is held up incredibly high, and um, having your um, your sexual partner or partners is um, has carries a a lot of weight um, to make the to make the choice in this time to um, pursue holiness because of Jesus um, brings him a tremendous amount of uh, uh, glory, and that's that's what our lives are meant to do. And so, having the opportunity to display that in such a clear way is something to be thankful for, even though it, yeah, it does, it's, it isn't easy and it comes with tons of hardships and tons of pain. Um, but it is, um, it's a very clear, um, and beautiful picture of the, um, the enoughness and the, um, uh, satisfaction that comes from being united to christ yeah i found in my faith journey that i'm really thankful for um for the lord's supper as a kind of as a sacrament or or discipline that it just provides uh it provides me uh, my my mind and my heart and even my body with this um with this reminder each week that um that I'm being transformed, that um, I'm partaking of Christ's flesh and blood. And, you know, the way, the way our bodies work is that the things we eat become a part of us. And, um, and I'm slowly, surely being uh, transformed and made anew in the likeness of Christ. Um, and that there's no power in the universe that can stop that process, that can um, that can undo the work that uh, that Jesus has started, and that He's going to finish. Um, that I'm on this trajectory, and nothing can stop me from getting from the point A I've been at to the point B. That um, that 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 He's made possible for me. Um, yeah, and so that that reminder, that tangible reminder, each week or each time I do it, is um, it's just so important to me. That's a good one, honestly. Growing up, communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, whatever you, whatever flavor of whatever label you want to call it, it just felt yeah, it felt so empty and ritualistic to me. Like I got it conceptually what we were doing, but it just was like my tradition that I grew up in. It was like one of those little small little rectangles, plastic squares, and and those little like two drops of what looks like Robitussin. Like it just was like, what is, what is this? This isn't what Jesus started, was it? But um, over the years, just, I've just had such an appreciation for moments of communion um, in large gatherings, large church bodies, and also just like small groups and, and friendships. Like there's just been such a specialness of gathering around these tangible things that remind us and show us who, who Jesus is, why we're here, what we're doing, what we're here to do. It's just, amazing to be reminded of that as often as possible. And I know I've heard from people in our community that that's been a hard part of um, when it comes to spirituality, like that's become a hard part from the last few months of not partaking in, in the Eucharist with, with fellow believers, that that's been a really isolating thing 
um, both relationally with other people and relationally with the Lord as well. And so, um, so yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for for that as well. And I'm I'm grateful for Scripture and just being able to to read about a man, this God man that I follow, to be able to to see these stories. Like, I don't know. I have been a Christian basically my whole life, and so it sounds it sounds really like Christianese to say to like, oh, I'm reading it with new eyes. You know, people say that all the time. But truthfully, like, I don't know, I would say the last year or two of my life, being able to dive into the Gospels and read about Jesus. And um, I don't know if y'all have seen this, this show, The Chosen, that's online. That's been really popular. So good. I would highly recommend it, checking out The Chosen, because their their personification of Jesus is incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to have this whole new appreciation and this whole new connection f- with this is this is the person, this is the human, and this is the God that I'm putting everything on and it's just been um it's been a beautiful thing to uh to re-experience in recent months and years reading about it and seeing it on a screen now yeah i know that like just you you mentioning how this has been a very isolating time for a lot of people i would say having um i have a much greater appreciation now i think for what it means to be seen uh by god um because of not not being able to have the same kind of uh, connections and community that I've had in the past to where like being, um, having my, my life and my joys and my pains and my tears and my laughing, not, not to be witnessed by, um, by anyone or by many people. Um, I, I do have a, a newfound um, thankfulness of what it means to be seen uh, by God. It is a strange thing to have gratitude for suffering. Counterintuitive, certainly. Nonsensical, even. And yet scripture says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials, that the testing of our faith produces patience, and that if we just let patience have its perfect work in us, we might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Looking back on my own life, I see the fruit from the suffering. I do, and not just once or twice, but again and again and again still. I look back and see a secret pornography addiction. I look back and I see crippling anxiety among other men. I look back and see the ache time and again of friends and loved ones leaving the sphere of my life or the sphere of this earth entirely. And yet I also see the author at work of teaching me to open up about my sin struggles with myself, with him, and with others, other men. Barriers have been broken and I will never be the same thanks to this crash to the earth and the rising up once more. Of learning to hold relationships loosely, to truly treasure every vaporous moment given and shared, every moment remembered, every moment that mattered. And so it becomes more and more ingrained in me to look for the author's pen strokes whenever I encounter present suffering. The pages of this present suffering itself are 
never in themselves enjoyable, but there's a growing sense and even a confidence that with each turning of the page, even the hard ones, God will use this. God will bloom something as he grooms me. It's what he does. The following lyrics come from a song called Scars by I Am They. Waking up to a new sunrise, looking back from the other side, I can see now with open eyes, dark as water and deep as pain. I wouldn't trade it for anything because my brokenness brought me to you and these wounds are a story you'll use. Now I'm sending in confidence with the strength of your faithfulness and I'm not who I was before. No, I don't have to fear anymore. So I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And I know they'll always tell of who you are. So forever, I'm thankful for the scars. And so, my brothers, may you rest in relentless gratitude, not forgetting the wounds of your past or even today's, but practicing a continual presence in the Lord's promise, counting each trial, each insufferable mile, and each jagged scar with joy. May you yield more and more to God's authorship of your story, even and especially when you don't feel like doing so. Let us relinquish our will and our way, our way we think the story should go, trusting him and his ways far better than ours. And while we need not forget yesterday's pain, let us not wince too long for it or worry at all for tomorrow. Let us be grateful for today today, a day of life, full of breathing and sunshine and food and fellowship near and far. For God is good, he is working, and he will continue this good work in you. Well, guys, I just want to say that I am incredibly thankful for each of you um, and for if it wasn't for this um, sort of niche uh, community and place that we find ourselves, I don't think I would know either one of you. So I am, I am oh, I know thankful you wouldn't know either one of us. That's true. That's true. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends in any other context than, than this. <laughs> in what world <laughs> am I for, passing that through That is Fort for Wayne. sure. But anyway, no, I, I agree. I'm grateful, grateful for the whimsical, weird, strange way that our paths have crossed digitally and then in real life. And then, um, and this podcast, I'm grateful for this podcast that we have this space, this outlet to hang out together and be silly and, and be ridiculous, but then also really dive deep and, um, and to have people who want to listen. Like that still astounds me that there are actually people in the world who will download this episode and listen to the whole thing and there will be plenty to be fair who also download it and then it just sits there for four months <laughs> they see that it's an hour 47 and they can't do that right now so <laughs> so there are those people too but we're grateful for all of our listeners near and far um who have stuck with our show all these years and um that's a great segue to say we're back and we're excited to 
be back. Um, we want to hear from you guys, though, because that's the fun of the show is we get to have our talk, but we would love to hear what you guys thought of this episode. So if you have any thoughts, surely you must have them. You can go over to our website, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode 61 post on this here episode called Gratitude um, and share some of your story or if you're if you're commenting during the era of coronavirus, you can comment um, something from the last few months that you're grateful for, something that was a highlight or something that remains um, a highlight in your life because of this this new era that's upon us. Um, and then beyond that, in the areas of sexuality, masculinity, and faith, what are you grateful for? Uh, we would love to hear from you. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, if you want to lend your, I say tangible voice, but I don't know, that doesn't sound right. Audible voice? I guess it's just audible voice. If you want to lend your audible voice to the show, we would love to hear you, like literally hear you. You can call our Yob line, 706-389-8009. Leave us a couple minute message or just like 20 seconds. It doesn't have to be that long. Um, like I said, you can either share your first name or not. You can tell us a little bit about yourself or not. And uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. Same questions. What are what are some highlights from the last few months? And then what are you grateful for in those three areas that we focus on here in our community? Um, you can call anytime, 24-7. So please, please do. And I think what I would like to do is to incentivize people. If there's whoever the first one is, and I can check the timestamps and see when people call. So if you're the first person and you don't mind receiving a giveaway, I have some ideas for giveaways. So maybe that can incentivize someone in Croatia or Italy or or Kansas <laughs> to keep the list of exotic places going. Um, yeah, maybe that'll incentivize you to give us a call. So call the Yob line. Hope, hope, hope you'll enjoy this uh, giant curse of lust. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be a curse of lust, but... I have some. I have lots of Yob products in the works, so uh, we could get we get you hooked up with something. Shoot us. I'll get in touch with uh, with our whoever winds up calling. I'll, I'll mention it in the next episode to get in touch. Um, or if you want to be proactive, if you think you're number one, you can go ahead and send me an email, and then we'll we'll get that ball rolling. But I would love to hear from our listeners more. So thank you all for not only listening and supporting us on Patreon, but then yeah. In light of all the recent events in my life, just to have this thriving community, it's just been such a blessing. So once again, huge thanks to all who are part of Yab in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Amen and thank you. Amen. And once again, a huge shout out to our sponsor because where would we be without cursive? People can't even read cursive anymore, you guys, but it's fine. We we kind of all know when we see this this string of lines going this way, this way, and this way, we know we know we're supposed to live, we know we're supposed to laugh, we know we're supposed to love. Um, and so thank you for just again entering our homes and just bringing a sense of calm, a sense of a middle-aged white woman. We appreciate that feeling very much, don't we, you guys? Yeah, a home is not a home until you put a cursive word home on your wall. Mm -hmm. a home is not a home unless there is the written out prayer of bless this mess um, <laughs> yes or else your your mess is cursed honestly your mess is cursed if it is not if it you is do not, not want a cursed mess you definitely want a blessed mess for mm. sure so thank you curse of all art for sponsoring this episode and putting it out there yeah if, if anyone's listening and you want to sponsor a future episode of the obcast i am all ears please get in touch and in the meantime, you guys, 
we'll be back soon for another episode of your other brother's podcast this was really fun get back into it i'm excited for the new season ahead and um brian jacob thanks for for rejoining me Mm -hmm. here on zoom not sponsor of the show nope for all your other brothers my name is tom this is ryan and this is jacob let's see if i remember this reminding you all of you that you are not alone even the sparrow finds a home see you next time everybody Bye. bye thanks for listening to your other brothers podcast our show is edited and produced by thomas mark zuniga theme music is fear is not my lover by nathan rousseau we'd love to hear your story comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009 you can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.